Welcome to the Moonlight of Emuna, Parsha Shmois. This week's learning should be a schus for Fuhr Shleim, Paterna Mashmas Vilcher, Ratzbas Rachel, Shmona Shezam, Benchevachava, Menachem Mordechem Ben Ophira, Michaim Ben Sara, and Lulu Mishmas Heni Basachil Mechel. So the parsha begins the the uh, the gullus of the Jewish people Mitzrayim, and we're introduced early on the first parak in Pasuk Chav Beis. It says in the Pasuk, "Vayitzav Paroi Lachol Amai Paroi." Commanded his entire nation, Lamer Kol Haben Hayyiloid. Every boy that is born, Hayyoyret Hashlicheu. You should throw him into the river, into the river. V'chol Abbas Tachayyud. Every girl could be left alive. Right. This is one of the big early gzeris of Paroi, early decrees of Paroi. In in after he he uh, enslaved the Jewish people. And the question is, the question is, and uh, what we're going to talk about today is a beautiful idea that I saw from Rabbi Ephraim Tversky of Chicago. I hope he uh, is Michael me for uh, for for using his his. His, his Torah from his Sefer, his beautiful Sefer, Sorry, I Love Him, and I hope I, I hope I do it justice. So he he asked the question, he says, why specifically was did Pari say to throw them into the river? Into the river. Every son that's born, throw them into the river. Why specifically into the river? Why didn't he say drown them? Or better yet, why didn't he just say kill them? Kill the baby boys. What's the difference how they're killed? Why was Pari Dafka trying to drown them? So we know that there are other answers given, but he has an approach here that I think is really fascinating and, and, and very instructive. And also, the question is, as we always like to ask here, what does this have to do with us now? Right, This was some ancient Xera. How does this affect our lives? We know that every word of, of Torah is relevant to every Jew in every generation. So how is it relevant to our lives? So to understand this, he points us to, later on in the Parsha, when Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu to go, in, in Perak Dalet, to go to the Jewish people, and Moshe is reluctant to go, Hashem gives Moshe three signs to show the Jewish people. Right, The, the first sign is that he should throw his, his, his stick to the ground, and it'll become, into, it'll become a snake. It'll transform into a snake. The second one is that he puts his hand in into his jacket, into his shirt, and when he brings it out, it was it had tzaras on it. And the third one is that he should take water from the river and throw it onto the ground, and it will turn into blood. And the question is uh, always the also famous questions that are always asked on this: Why dafka these these signs? Why specifically these signs? There's a lot of signs that Hashem could have done to convince the Jewish people uh, and to convince Moshe. Right? There, there are other signs that Hashem could have given. We know Pasha Shmois is the beginning of the weeks called Shoivavim, these weeks of Tshuva that are Shoivavim, which is Shmois Ve'era Boy Bishalach Yisrael Mishpatim. Those weeks are Shoivavim, which is a time for Tshuva. He makes the point that the reason why these weeks are so important, this, what are these weeks, what are these Parshas from Shmois to Mishpatim, is the process of the Jewish people going into exile, coming out of exile, and receiving the Torah. He says in everybody's life, everybody's personal lives, we have our own individual exiles. Besides the national gullus that we find ourselves in, but we have a national, we have individual gullus that we're in, and a person has to use these parshas and this time to introspect and to bring himself out of those gullus, out of the, out of those, out of those exiles, and bring ourselves to redemption. We have to do by, and the way to do that is by doing tshuva, by thinking about the things that are that are trapping us, that are keeping us captive, and we have to we have to do tshuva and correct them. So he asked, why would Pari say that every boy should be thrown into the into the river? So to understand the river, the Ya'ar, it's referred to, Kala ben ha-yiloid Ya'ar. So Rashi and Miketz, and the first Pasuk in Parsha Miketz, when Pari has his dream. Pari has his dream, and it says over there that the, that the, uh, in the dream, he was standing al Yar on the river. So Rashi over there points out, in Pashmikates, that all other rivers are not called Yar, they're called Naharis. They're not called Yar. Only the Nile River was called the Yar. Why? Because 
they made Yurim, which are canals to to, to uh, feed the land of, of, of Egypt. And then Rashi says, because rain does not fall in Mitzrayim, taught irregularly, like other places. And therefore, uh, uh, sorry, the few words before that Rashi said that the, the Niles would, would fertilize, would, would provide water for the entire Mitzrayim. So that's why this is called Yar. Okay, now, w- now we go back to our Parsha. It says that Pari said all the boys should be thrown into the Yar, to specifically into the Nile, right, which really makes our original question even stronger. Why Dafka, the, the Nile, the Nile River? Why not any river that they found or any sea? Pari specifically says that it should be thrown into the, into the Nile. In next week's parsha, when it comes to the Makkah of Dam, when, when Hashem tells Moshe to turn the, that he's going to turn all the water into Dam, Rashi over there makes a point. This is next week's parsha, Parak Zion, Pasuk Yud Zion. Rashi says, Because the, the rain did not fall in Mitzrayim. And the Nile would, would rise up and give water to, the, to, to Eretz Mitzrayim. So therefore, Therefore they bowed down to the Nile River. They worshipped the Nile. Right? Therefore, Hashem first struck their God and then struck them. So, if we put these Rashis together, we get a little bit of insight into the Egyptian relationship to the Nile River. Because the Nile River was so powerful in Egyptian for the Egyptian economy, for the Egyptian agriculture, they worshipped it. But says, but but says. Uh, um, Rav Tversky, that it's not that they bowed down to the Niles and, and to the Nile River and they and they and they worshipped it as an Avodah Rather, it, it was it was a mentality. They worshipped the Nile River in a sense that this is where their Parnassah came from. This is where their entire li- livelihood came from. And so it's it's sort of like in today's vernacular where you would say he worships the Almighty Dollar. He worships the Almighty. They worship the Nile because the Nile was the source of their sustenance. And he says that the truth is that any time that a person uh, relies on something, puts his betachon in something, right, uh, and says, "This is what supports me: that my job, my business, my my uh, my partner, whatever it is that he that he trusts on." There's a level of avodazara. There's some level of avodazara. When a person doesn't realize that that his that his parnasa comes from Hashem, there is a level of avodazara to that, and that's the avodazara of the Egyptians. They believe that the Nile River was what sustained them, and they therefore they worshipped it to some sense. Not that they stood at the bank of the river and bowed down to it, but they worshipped the Nile River in that they believed that this was the source of their success, the source of their parnasa. So what does Pari do? Pari makes exera. I want all the, chil- the, the children thrown into the river, right? I want them all thrown in. Pari had a double intent here. Yes, he wanted to kill all the boys. But more than that is he wanted to, to, to get into the brain of the Jewish people. I want you to sacrifice your children to your parnasa. That's what Pari is saying. I want you to be so busy. I want you to be working so hard. And I want you to be so focused on economy and, and, and business and your jobs that you don't think about your kids. And if you don't think about your kids, then you won't pass on the amuna of a Jew to the next generation. Pari knew that's ultimately how you destroy the Jewish people. By you focusing, we, I want you to get caught up in this Egyptian worship of the Nile. Pari wanted the Jews to stop thinking about Hashem. Stop thinking about Hashem. Think about the Nile River. I want you to become become assimilated into Egyptian culture where we worship the Nile. Forget about your kids. Forget about giving over the lessons of, of Yaakov Avinu and the Shvatim that you still remember. I want you to forget about that. I want you to become Egyptians and I want you to be focused on the Nile. I want you to be focused in your in your Parnassah. I don't want you to think about the kids and, and giving on giving over what the earlier generations taught. 
Says Rav Tversky, this is why this is relevant to us nowadays. How many children are sacrificed to the gods of Parnassa even nowadays? People are so focused on their businesses, so focused on making a living, so focused on, on, on other things that, they, that they, they neglect their children. They neglect other relationships in their, in their lives. They neglect their husbands and wives. They neglect, they neglect other things because they're so focused on the Nile River. They're worshipping the Nile River. It takes on a different form today. It could, be, it could be the stock market. It could be their business. It could be other things that they're that they're caught up in but it's the same ty- it's the same idea of worshiping the nile this is the almighty the almighty dollar that is being worshiped and 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 children are being sacrificed to it and he says, if you think about it, it really doesn't make any sense because we know that ultimately, yes, we have a chiv of ishtadlus, we have to do our part to earn a living. But ultimately, we know, everybody knows, every believing Jew knows that his parnasa ultimately comes from Hashem. Right? We know that it's decided by Hashem. And yet we put so much, so much effort in it, in, into our parnasa, and yet our ruchnius, our spiritual growth, which is that, which, which that chazal tell us is, uh, is something that's in, right, we know the Gemara and Brachas famously and other places tells that a kol bidei shemaim chutz shemaim, that the only thing that we're really in control of is how 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 much uh, service of Hashem, how much Torah I learned, how many how, how much how many mitzvahs I do, how much tzedakah I give. Those are the things that are in my control. How much parnas I get, that's in Hashem's control. Again, yes, there's a chiv of ishtadlis. We have to do our ishtadlis. But beyond that, the success of it is 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 outside of our control. And yet, people put all their energies into that part of their lives. But when it comes to ruchnius, when it comes to learning, when it comes to davening, when it comes to doing mitzvahs, that we say, okay, I did the minimum. That's enough. Why don't people say I did? the minimum when it comes to Parnassah, now it's in Hashem's hands, because, because, we have, we, because, because we're worshipping the Nile. We're worshipping the, the, the Almighty Dollar, we're worshipping the Nile, and we're sacrificing our, our Yiddishkeit and our Amuna and our children on the altar of, of those gods. But he says it's more than that. He says we, we can explain why human nature has a person much more focused on the physical than the spiritual. Why? Because there seems to be a correlation. We see the guy who works harder, or we see the person who's uh, more savvy in business have more success. We see that when I put in more effort, it seems like that caused me to make more money. Whereas in my ruchnias, I don't always see the fruits of that. I don't always see. I've been davening for something for so many years, and I don't see those tefillas coming true. I've been learning so hard and I still have, uh, I've been putting in so many hours, I still have trouble grasping certain concepts in Torah. I don't see, I don't see the, 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 uh, the returns on my investment when it comes to spirituality. And it's easier to see in the physical world, I see the returns on my investment much more clearly. And therefore, it's hard to believe that if I work less hours, I'm still going to end up with the same parnasa. And if I put more time into Torah and tefillah, there's going to be some benefit for it. I don't see the correlation. Now, who is the first to make this claim? Who is the first to make this claim that don't waste your time on spiritual pursuits? Focus on the, the physical pursuits because there you'll see the benefit. That was the Nachash, the snake, when he came to Chava and he said that Hashem told you not to eat from this, uh, from this, from the tree, from the Eitz Chava says to the snake, no, Hashem told us not to touch it because Pentamus and maybe you'll die. But, and this is, this is in Bereshis, Paragimel, Pasuk, Dalid. It says, what did, what did the snake reply to her? You're not going to die. It's going to be okay. You'll see. You'll see the results right away. You'll eat from the Eitz You're not going to die. Don't worry about the mitzvah that Hashem gave you. Don't worry about the spiritual res- pursuits. You're not going to see the, the, the thing that Hashem told you is going to happen is not going to happen. Don't worry about it. The Nachash was the first one who made this claim that per, uh, spiritual pursuits are not worthwhile. Only physical pursuits are worthwhile. And unfortunately, the world has not really uh, moved away from the from the atzas hanachash, from the from the advice of the snake. We still leave aside spiritual pursuits for the sake of physical pursuits. 
That's why when Hashem said to Moshe, go tell the Jewish people that I'm going to redeem them, Moshe said, they won't listen to my voice. Why? Because they're working too hard. They're, they're out of breath. They're, they're, they're working too hard. Meaning what? They're so involved in their, in their parnasa, they're so involved in their physical pursuits, that where they, see, where they see returns right away, that they don't have the time or the head to hear, I'm going to come give them a, a shear. They don't want to hear a shear. They, they want to keep working. They want to, they want to bring home parnasa for their families. So Hashem gives Moshe the first sign. He says, take this stick in your hand and throw it to the ground. It turns into a snake. And then you pick it back up. It turns back into, what does Hashem call it? A mate, which in other places is called the mate elikim, the, the, the staff of, of God. Hashem says, look, you threw this down. You threw the, the staff of God down onto the ground. It turned into a snake. You, 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 you're convinced by the arguments of the snake. But when you grab it by its tail, when you grab it by its tail, it comes back into the, into the staff of God. Meaning every Jew, Moshe, go tell every Jew that you have to you have to recognize that your actions are the staff of Hashem. When you do things in Ruchnius, when you learn Torah, when you do mitzvahs, that is the, the, the hand of God. You have the ability to turn the, the, the snake into the hand of God. Every Jew, when you do something in Ruchnius, you have no idea what it, what it does in other worlds. You have no idea the effect it has even in this world. You may not be able to see it clearly. You don't see the causation. But it has unbelievable effects in this world. You have, you're holding the staff of Hashem in your hand. It's not just a snake. Stop, stop throwing down the staff of Hashem and turning it into a snake. Grab the snake by the tail and turn it into the staff of Hashem. The second sign Hashem gives Moshe, put your hand inside your jacket, and it turns to it turns into tzaras. Tzaras is considered to be dead skin. It's considered dead skin. What's the message here? Show the Jewish people that when you work with your own hand, when you think you're going to rely on my own hand is going to bring me my parnasa, it will not help you at all. It's like using dead flesh. You do not decide your parnasa. It's only when you use the when you use my hand that when you when you involve yourself in spirituality, that's when it makes a difference. But when you rely on your own hand, you put your hand into your jacket, you're secure with yourself, then it turns into tzaras, it's dead flesh. I only gave you the mitzvah of hishtadlus so that you can have a, a way to receive the parnasa. But don't rely and think that it's your hand that's bringing, your, bringing about the parnasa. That's dead flesh. Know that whatever you do on your own power, without thinking about me, without relying on me for the parnasa, is destined to be nothing. It's nothing. You can, you have no power. Just like dead flesh can't regenerate, it can't it can it can grow, it can't produce. You you uh, your hand on its own, detached from God, can can accomplish nothing. When you do establish with Hashem's with understanding that the parnasa comes from Hashem, then you can have atzlacha. So the first two signs, the first one is telling us, you will see success. Ignore the snake. You will see success in spiritual in spiritual pursuits. They do have an effect. And the second one is that the physical pursuits are meaningless. And they, they don't, they, working harder, o- overdoing it, overdoing your hishtadlis is not going to bring you any more success. But then Moshe says, Hashem says, Hashem says, Hashem says, Hashem says, if you're not going to listen to these two signs, and they're not going to listen to your voice, Oh, here's the Yar again that we started with. Take from waters from the river. This river, the Niles, that they're worshipping. And throw it onto the dry land. And this water that you took from the Yar, from again, the Yar is the Nile. It'll be, it'll be blood on the, on the dry land. 
Hashem is telling Moshe, this Nile that they're worshipping, that they think is the source of the Parnassah, it'll turn, it, 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 it turns to blood, meaning they're shechting their children. The, the Nile, by, by worshipping the Nile, they're, they're giving up their future generations. They're not focusing on what's important and they're not conveying that to the next generation. Because they're so busy with their Parnassah in a way that's not according to, according to the way a Jew is supposed to live, they're, they're, they're killing their children by this. They're cutting their children off from the connection to the Jewish people. They're basically fulfilling Pari's gzera themselves without without the physical without the physical throwing a child into the river. Parents can still throw their children into the river by not giving them the right messages by showing them they think this is important and not what what's true is important. So the message for us in these days of Shoivim and, and to try to get out of the gullus, the exiles that we're trapped in is we have to remember the first message is that we have to remember that we, our actions are a mata elikim. We have the power of Hashem's staff when we involve ourselves in Torah mitzvahs and even Parnassah when we do it properly. Even Parnassah when we do it in the right way with the right with the right emunah and betachon with doing things in a kosher way and, when, and not, not giving it more attention than, it, than it's supposed to have. And we have to remember the second sign that it's not our own actions. Our hands, when Moshe puts his hand into his jacket, it comes out with tzaras. Our hands on their own are just tzaras, just dead flesh. They're not what's, what's bringing. We have to remember to do our parnasa the proper way, the way Hashem wants us to do it, with the right emunah and betachen. And then the third sign is to remember that the, the waters of Parnassah that we see as Parnassah could sometimes be tur- turned into the, 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 into the blood of our children if we don't give over the right message and we don't have the right, the right ruach in, 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 the, in the home and understanding where Parnassah really comes from, keeping our priorities straight. And if we remember these three messages that Hashem gave to Moshe, it's, it's for every Jew. This, this is the beginning of the Gula. This is how every Jew starts to come out of whatever Gullus he's in. Through that, we'll be able to come out of the Mitzrayim, our individual Mitzrayims, and the national Mitzrayim, and then Hashem will, Mikhaim the Pasuk, Rav Torsky ends off, the Pasuk in Micha that says, Ki Mitzrayim, our is like when you went out of Mitzrayim, I will show you wonders. I wish you all a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos.